0: Hoosier fans to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers go on the road to East Lansing against the Michigan State Spartans and snap a seven-game losing streak winning 79 to 75 in just an unbelievable game that showed us So many of the things from Indiana that haven't been there during the losing streak, from the effort and the toughness and the rebounding to, like, actual physical people like Devontae Green and Deron Davis. And for this Indiana team to overcome yet another injury to Juwan Morgan and the ups and downs to win this game, just an incredible victory for your Indiana Hoosiers tonight. Amazing that of the eight games in this stretch... The toughest one of all was always going to be the one at Michigan State, and it's the only one of the eight that Indiana wins, but tonight we are talking about the one that they won, and we are excited to be here with you. I am your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Andy Bottoms is not with us tonight, but I know wherever he is, he sure wishes he was. And we're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start this show the way we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And the banner moment comes at the end of this game with Indiana leading 76-75. to And the defensive plays that the Hoosiers were able to make. Look, it was 76-72, 40 seconds to go. Indiana has two straight really bad turnovers Cassius Winston hit that three, and I know everybody was feeling exactly like I was, like, oh, no, we are going to come so close to this thing. But then the Hoosiers did what they haven't been able to do during the streak, which is be mentally tough and make plays. And, yes, Cassius Winston missed a couple of shots, but Justin Smith stepping up, you know, kind of forcing him to stop early on that floater, a great play, the block that he made, coming from the help side, the block that he made, an unbelievable play, and then for Deron Davis to get the rebounds and step up and knock in the free throws, to hit three or four free throws, to make it a four-possession game to where Michigan State has the ball with three seconds left and there's nothing they can do. Just so many guys made big plays. I mean, we could go back, play after play after play, and talk about banner moments because in a game like this, in a situation like this, you know, undermanned against a great team like Michigan State, every play, every three-pointer, every big rebound – in a sense, was a banner moment. But there at the end, to make the plays in a big spot to win on the road, I am just so incredibly proud of this team for sticking together, for tuning out all the naysayers, and for fighting to get this win. It doesn't erase seven losses, and the Hoosiers still have a ton of work to do, obviously, but man, it feels good to be a Hoosier tonight, and it's been a while since we've been able to say that, and I'm just so, so, so proud of these guys for what they pulled off tonight. Tonight's Hoosier Proud Banner Moment brought to you, as always, by our friends at Hoosier Proud and Home Field. At Home Field Apparel, you will find the comfiest and most unique licensed IU apparel available anywhere. And at HoosierProud.com, you'll find great state of Indiana themed apparel while sending 10% of your purchase to causes around Indiana, like the Julian Center for Empowering Survivors of Domestic Abuse. Both brands were started by an IU grad, and all Hoosier Proud and Home Field apparel is designed and printed out of Indianapolis. Be sure to check out Home Field's vintage IU designs, including the classic... Classic Indiana warm-up script tees and long sleeves, which are printed on incredibly soft tri-blends like the tri-blend we've been telling you about with that incredible uh, sweatshirt that you all need to get if you don't have it yet.
1: Can a brother get some coupons? Of course
0: you can. Don't forget to use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout today for 15% off your order on either site. That's promo code ASSEMBLY at HoosierProud.com and homefieldapparel.com. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And Ryan, we will start with you. I can't imagine there's much to rant about, but give me your opening thoughts on that great Indiana victory.
1: Look, if you're in Bloomington or the surrounding area, I just tweeted this out get your butt to Cook Hall and welcome these kids back. They have earned that. Everything they've been through, seven losses in a row, all the injuries, all of that stuff, everybody around the country saying, What's wrong with Indiana? What's wrong with Archie Miller? <clears throat> these kids aren't playing hard, all of that stuff, all of that noise, some of it coming from us, some of it coming from the people who watch us and care about us, and some of it coming from outside sources who we don't like particularly much. Those kids went into East Lansing where nobody expected them to win. Nobody expected them to win when they were 12-2 and two and going into East Lansing. And yet they went out and they fought and they battled and they they smacked Michigan State in the mouth a couple times. And think about this. They lost their best player midway through the first half. And I'm sure we'll get to that later. But Jawan Morgan goes out midway through the first half. They could have just caved right there because there's no way you're supposed to win this game without Jawan Morgan. There's no way you're supposed to win it with Juwan Morgan. But then Juwan Morgan goes out. You're not supposed to win the game. Those guys fought and battled hard. Then, I mean, uh, uh, Rob Finnessy fouls out. Jake Forrester, of all people, fouls out. They were shorthanded on the road in overtime against what essentially was supposed to be Michigan State's ascension to being the best team in the Big Ten. And what did Indiana do? Outplayed them. Completely outplayed them. Out-hustled them. Battled. Indiana shot 38.9% from the field and beat Michigan State. How do you do that? You hustle. You rebound. You dive on the floor. You pass the ball. 21 assists for Indiana tonight. When was the last time that happened? 21 assists on 28 made field goals. Again, when was the last time that happened? Michigan State, way bigger, way more athletic, 14 block shots, and you shoot 38% while Michigan State shoots 45%. How do you beat them? You out-hustle them, you out-work them. And you beat them from the free throw line. Clearly, all the things that Indiana does well. Also, 10 of 20 from three. Again, clearly all the things Indiana does well. Is this, you know, oh, and uh, out rebounding Michigan freaking state, 48 to 40. I mean, 20 offensive rebounds for Indiana. All of these things that Indiana hasn't been doing, they did. Something clicked tonight, and those kids played their hearts out. They played absolutely gave every single ounce. Every guy who stepped on the floor. There was not a single guy who stepped on the floor, and I thought, he's not playing hard. He's not hustling. Get him to the bench. Everybody. There were stretches where guys didn't play particularly well. Uh, of course, because that's you know that's just this team, but they still stuck with it and they still fought and they had their letdown period a little bit in the first half where they had a lead and they didn't score, but Michigan State wasn't scoring. They let Michigan State back into it, but then they rebounded and they took a punch and they kept coming back and kept coming back. At one point, they were down four late in the game. They kept coming back, and this is the kind of team we saw early in the season where they get down late and would not get discouraged and continue to fight and continue to fight. And by the way, kudos to Archie Miller, who we've been hard on lately, and kudos to that coaching staff. They kept this team up when they could have sunk a million times in this game. They fought, they fought, they fought. And what they did was they did to Michigan State what other teams have done to Indiana. They continually put pressure on him and Michigan State started taking bad shots, and Michigan State started fumbling the ball around, and Michigan State started doing silly things. They turned Michigan State over 10 times. They, again, forced them into some bad shots, and they just kept coming. Again, you shoot 38.9% at Michigan State while they shoot 45%, and you go out and win the game, that's because you had more heart than the other team. That's it, and that's all we've been asking for this team for so long. So again, if you're in Bloomington, I don't care what you think about the record or whether this team's going anywhere. They have earned it for this win. Get out to Cook Hall and meet that bus as it shows up.
0: Absolutely. Coach, it is Tonsoni time. What's on your mind after this one?
2: I told you all don't quit about a week and a half ago. (laughs) Mic drop. I'm done. No, man, it's a long season. And sometimes, sometimes you get in a funk, but uh, wow, it was uh, an exciting game and you know, I'm going to share a little bit. I signed into this meeting a little early as, as a coach and a teacher. I'm always 15 minutes early to something. And so I got to witness Jared watching the last few minutes. Uh, and I, my TV was ahead by seven seconds. So I, I did not cheer, did not do anything out of respect for our host. Uh, but it was, it was quite the uh, entertaining thing. Chat mob, you should be proud of the energy that our host uh, expends before the show uh, as well as on the show. Uh, Seriously, uh, what a great win for um, the program, for the players, number one, uh, for the coaching staff, number two, to uh, grind out a win. uh, uh, As was mentioned earlier by both of you, adverse uh, times with injuries. And it's just a much-needed win. And sometimes things like this can just open stuff up. But, you know, I was going to say kudos to the bench. um, But then we had people enter uh, the injured uh, fray, Today, so just an all-around good time, and I'll say it starts with defense, and and, and then in my defense of Archie, um, there were some adjustments. I saw some staggered screens for Romeo. Uh, I saw a foul on on um, late. They ran the staggered screens, and I'll talk about that later. What you do if someone jumps that cut? Uh, Al made a nice read and got to the foul line because of that. So I think there were some new things that were tried offensively. I thought timeouts were used wisely by coaches uh, today. Uh, to settle the team down and and get into some sets to get the ball back into the low post when needed. Uh, just an excellent, excellent time, uh, for a win. I I think, uh, from a bracketology purpose, this puts us back in the map because now we have a a, a signature win that's not going away on the road. Uh, as long as we don't uh, fumble away and and lose uh, put three or four games together and and that'll start looking okay. Again, just, just a, a lot of relief for our fans. Uh, for the people who put all the time in and it, you you as a coaching staff and players really really put a lot into a season and and there's no one that wanted to win better than those, those men on that wore uh, the candy stripes
0: so you know one thing that I want to talk about here right off the top is I think when a lot of people talk about this game they're going to talk about Indiana winning this game without Juwan Morgan And what I want to say right now is that Indiana won this game because of Juwan Morgan. Because we have come on this show a couple of times, and we have talked about how Juwan... You know, hasn't quite done enough early in games to assert himself and to step up when his team really needed him, and he absolutely did that tonight. You want to know why Indiana was so great on the boards tonight? Juwan Morgan led the way. Some of the offensive rebounds he had in the first half were some of the best rebounds that he's had since he's been a Hoosier. Go all the way back to the the very start of the game. What's the biggest issue this team has had? Getting off to bad starts and getting in big holes early. It was 7-2 to two early, and it kind of felt like Michigan State was getting ready to go on one of those. And what happened immediately after that? Juwan Morgan gets it, takes it, scores. Then the next possession down, or a couple possessions after that, he hits a three. That put Indiana up 11-9. to nine. So Jawan Morgan wasn't able to be there in the second half. He wasn't able to be there in overtime to help this team finish the game, but he was there in a big way to help them start it. And if you're going to go into the Breslin Center against Michigan State, a team that has incredible spurt ability, that can really get out and dominate teams, no one's come within 16 points of them at home, you've got to get off to a good start and your leaders have to set the tone. Kudos to Juwan Morgan for doing it. Look, we all hope, you know, last year you'll recall the Michigan State game. He got hurt in the first half, went out. It looked really bad. He was back the next game and led us to victory over Maryland. I have no information on his shoulder. We're going to have to find out what it was. It looked bad, but this guy is a warrior, and we know that he will play if possible, But he picked up his teammates early. His teammates picked him up after he went out. But Jawan Morgan gets a lot of credit for this win, Ryan, because what he did early in the game set a tone that his teammates were then able to carry on.
1: No, I agree, and he was all over the offensive glass early, particularly, and Indiana ended up with 20 offensive rebounds against Michigan State. Again, Michigan State does not give up offensive rebounds like that, and they usually are the ones grabbing them. I mean, not only do you usually get out-rebounded by Michigan State, there are games where they out-offensive rebound the other team's regular defensive rebounds. I mean, it's insane, and that's just what they do, and that's what they've always done under Tom Izzo. And tonight, Juwan Morgan— I mean, you heard Jay Billis say he's like, he is so good and you can't just put a body on him. You've got to keep the body on him because he's just so athletic, you know, go after the ball and get it. And when you saw a guy like Jake Forrester get in there and he was in the mix, even if he didn't grab an offensive rebound, he grabbed one, I think. um, He was in there in the mix battling for them. Romeo Lankford, three offensive rebounds, Justin Smith, five offensive rebounds. I mean, they were pests. And they really, you could tell they were annoying guys like Nick Ward just because it wasn't as easy as they thought it would be. And this game was tough for them. And, I mean, I've seen Michigan State play a lot this year. I have never seen them this frustrated in a game. And they were frustrated because Indiana just kept coming and coming and coming. And, by the way, we have talked, I would say, negatively about Devontae Green a lot. I want to mention something. The thing about Devontae that makes him frustrating at times, and I think I'm underselling that, right there, uh, is the fact that he'll take any shot anytime, but that also leads to him being fearless, and he was fearless tonight. Those three threes he hit were monumentally huge, all of them, and all of them, he had to be fearless every time he took that shot, so kudos to him for stepping up and proving a lot of people wrong tonight when they said He's done. He was the better point guard tonight over Rob Finnessy. And again, we've said Finnessy's kind of in a funk right he now. Might, he might
0: be hurt by the way. He might've gotten it hurt. It's last game.
1: It's certainly possible. And then Devontae, you know, he got his leg hurt. He clearly was limping, came back in overtime and played well. Uh, I, I look, and these guys also were battling injuries. Uh, you know, Al hurt his finger. It dislocated his finger. Clearly. Carl popped it back in on, on the bench. <laughs> and, yeah. And it was still hurt. So I think he might've mispopped it back in. Cause then they ran back to the, to the locker room. Yeah. Um, like maybe overcorrected a little, let's not get into it. Cause that's just making me squeamish. Uh, but you know, to, it's for him to come back in the game and hit key free throws with a busted finger uh, for um, Deron Davis, clearly cramping up because he was playing way more than he was supposed to comes right back in the game and, and, you know, grab some key rebounds, makes free throws and overtime. I mean, there are just so many appearances, Evan Fister hitting his first three pointer since 1996. It felt like, uh, you know, just, Everybody contributed to some level tonight, regardless of what the stat line says. Uh, everybody did something, and, and it was huge. And, and without every little contribution, you don't win. And that's what being a team's all about. It's it's everybody contributing something. Justin Smith shot 17 times tonight, which is 15 too many. But he had 10 rebounds and he played great defense and he had that great block at the end. He had two great blocks in overtime. He was great in the second half in overtime, exactly. right? and overtime. Especially overtime. And you know, again, it's just everybody contributing to the level. Romeo Langford sleptwalked through parts of this game offensively. He just was, you know, out physical and it was just too much for him. And he went on a tear in the second half that basically won the game for Indiana. I mean, there would have been completely out of the game if he didn't go on that stretch in the second half where he stared Aaron's in the face and said, You can't guard me after a step back three pointer. I mean, that's what we've been asking about from Romeo for so long. So, it's just everybody contributing. Little things here, little things there. Even though Finnessy didn't have a good game, he was tracing, chasing Cassius Winston around for most of the game, playing great defense on him. I mean, it's, this is, again, exactly what we've been asking for from this team. And we got it from everyone and every little thing tonight. And they played for some reason. They go on the road to the Breslin Center and play with confidence. Oh, it's almost man. like the pressure was
0: off and it was just like, screw it. Let's go. Let's just go. Yeah. Oh, man. That was was unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's incredible four-point victory over Michigan State and East Lansing, I'll point out tonight's meaningful moment you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from this game. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 79-75 to victory over Michigan State tonight in East Lansing. It's time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And, uh, look, I think this is a time to talk about the three-point shooting here real quick because, you know, I think a lot of people remember the four three-pointers that Indiana hit in a row late in the game. I believe that was between the under-eight-minute timeout and the under-four-minute timeout. We outscored them, came back. Four threes. I think Romeo hit one, Devonte might have hit two, and Durham hit one, I think. And those were huge. And look, Indiana was going to have to make three-pointers to win this game. Michigan State has lost three games this season. In each of those three games, their opponents made at least ten three-pointers. When you looked at that as a formula for victory <laughs> and applied it to Indiana, who was on pace to be the worst three-point shooting team in Big Ten history coming into this game, things didn't look good. But guys shot with confidence. And look, maybe it was a little bit of law of averages just coming in our favor. Who cares? But the three-pointers that I want to point out are the ones that happened earlier in the game that have been the ones that we haven't had. Because what has plagued this team during the losing streak, it's been offensive droughts. And it's been other teams going on a five- or seven-point run. We can't Score, and now it becomes a nine point run, 11, 14, and all of a sudden you're like, "Good God, this got out of hand quickly. Well, there were plenty of opportunities for that to happen. Michigan State went on a seven-0 run in the first half to go up 18 to 13. Devonte Green drains a three out of a timeout to just settle things down. Then a little bit later, it was 27 to 21. Again, looks like Michigan State's going to push up you know to a double digit lead before halftime. Al Durham hits one from the corner, 27, 24 settle things down. in the second half. As Michigan State goes on a little run again, Fitzner hits a three, again, to settle things down. So sometimes, you know, you hit threes when you're ahead that really push the lead out and they're big, you know, help you go on a run. But at other times, you just have to make a dang shot to stop the other team. And Indiana hasn't been able to do that. And I don't think these shots that we made tonight are a whole lot different than the shots we've been getting in other games. We just weren't making them. And tonight, the guys stepped up with confidence and made them in key situations. And so, you know, so much focus will be on overtime and the end of the game. But some of those plays early that prevented Michigan State from turning a 7-point run into a 13-point run were absolutely huge, Ryan. and. You know, kudos to the guys for finally being able to step up and make those.
1: Yeah, and again, we talked about this on the radio show about like what is the problem, and for each guy, I think it's different, but I think the big key is confidence. You have to be able to step into a three and not question whether or not you're going to make it. If you're shooting it, and and that's the one thing about Devontae Green, I just feel like he never questions whether or not it's going into him. <laughs> They're all going in, and, and that's not necessarily great all the time, but if you are going to step into a three-pointer, you have to shoot it with confidence, and I, I think it's that's the key for this team and confidence with everything. So you're not constantly questioning what is going on in the game, what you have to do, what I, where I should be standing, where I should, you know, if I'm going to shoot, do I need to be on the elbow? Do I need to be in the corner? Do I need to be up top? Just play the game and do what you know you can do. And by the way, some of these guys can shoot it. And we saw it earlier in the year. Evan Fitzner can shoot it. We have evidence that he can shoot it. And on the one he hit, he hesitated. And it's kind of great that he hesitated because then it went in. It's like, Oh yeah, I can do this. You know, and a couple of the other guys, I mean, we've seen Al shoot it with confidence over the big 10, over the big 10 play. When Devontae's in there, he always shoots with confidence, whether it goes in or not. And, and you know, It's just about these guys feeling like, hey, you know what? We are good basketball players. Maybe what these people are saying, what we're hearing, all the noise around us, maybe they're wrong and we're right. I think it's just a matter of, and I know it seems simple to be like, well, it's confidence. Sometimes it is that simple. It really is. And when you lose seven games in a row and things aren't going right and things aren't fun, you question everything about yourself. And these guys have clearly been questioning that. These guys are good basketball players. They need to become a good team though. And, and, they, and they need to all be able to pick each other up when things are going poorly and, and find each other on the floor when things are going wrong and you know be able to, to work together to to work out of this slump. And tonight they did. And, and that's why they won is they all work together to get out of this.
0: You know, and I think it would be easy to look at this and be like, okay, wow, you know, you're one for your last eight. Whoop-de-doo. Now you gotta go do it again. But coach, I really feel like a game like this. Can be a complete season changer because now Archie's gonna be able to point back and say, guys, look, when you play hard, when you play together, when you get the 50 50 balls, because that's the other thing Indiana did tonight, is every, like the 50 50 balls, they went after them and they got them relentlessly. He can point to that and say, when you do this, when you trust me and trust each other, we can win at the Breslin Center without, you know, with Jawan Morgan not even playing in the second half. Like, I I really feel like that can be a real season changer for these guys. And I don't think it's overstating it to say that.
2: Well, you're absolutely right, because this team was feeling sorry for itself in several stretches of these uh, losses. And and they would start out well, and then something bad would happen. And then they would hang their head and not play with the intensity. And those runs that you were talking about happen. When you have some guys that can come off the bench, that gives you a little bit of boost. But yes, Now Archie's going to say, when you quit feeling sorry for yourself and toughen up, this is what you can do. Do not take steps backwards now. You've had a horrible seven game run where things didn't work out well. We didn't play well. We didn't coach well. We didn't handle adversity. That's over with now. And we know we can win anywhere. And so you're absolutely right. He will be coming back to that over and over again. And there will be games where Indiana slips again and segments of play where they slip again, because that's just bound to happen. Uh, But shooting Shooting is very, very important, and that's where I think Devontae actually helps us more than his point guard play. I think he was good tonight because he was an offensive threat, which was missing for so long. And, and that one segment, uh, he had a bad turnover. Uh, Romeo was slice-cutting, down the lane, was wide open, and he threw a ball over his head, and it got tipped for a steal. At the 450 mark, he comes back next possession and drains a three. And that kind of unconscious play, uh, is good. He's always got to clean up that, that point guard uh, play. And, and actually, I thought when Phenasy was at the point, I graded every segment, offense and defense. I thought Phenasy's segments were better offensively than Green's as a point guard. I think Green, by far, was the better scorer tonight, and I've always thought he might be a better two guard than a than a lead guard.
1: Well, And, and, and they played them together a lot tonight, Yeah, just yes. playing off the ball.
2: And Ryan, that is such a great point, because now if you could put both of those guys and an L or a Romeo. Now the spacing becomes a little better because you don't have two non shooters on the floor. And you also saw a little bit better. Justin Smith in the second half catching and going hard. So now if teams are going to play off, they're going to, they're going to pay a little bit. So that's an adjustment that was made. I thought that although he, he was 50 50 at times and he missed some, some shots and still has to get better. That action,
1: ball his ball handling yeah. on drives has to get way but better. But that action
2: yeah. of driving, now when you have four or five threats on the floor, now it becomes a little bit harder and all of a sudden the points were going in and the shots were going in. And so that's, you know, why to take, you know, you can be upset with the coaching staff and the players for taking seven games to try to figure it out. What a beautiful place to figure it out at the Breslin Center. No kidding. Good.
0: No I mean, this is one of the best wins of any team in college basketball this year, right now. You know, going in there and getting a win. So uh, let's talk numbers. And Ryan, you listed a bunch of the numbers in your, you know, opening statement. So I don't, you know, I don't want to rehash too many of those. But I will tell you two numbers I want to hit. One to piggyback on what you guys just said. Guess who was first on this team in plus minus tonight? Devontae Green at plus ten. And I know there's going to be a lot of focus on those two bad plays he had at the end. But for all the reasons you guys stated, he was so important. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Did have the 4 turnovers, but on balance was such a huge part of this win. The biggest biggest number and the reason why Indiana won this game, and we've got to spend the rest of the segment talking about this guy, Deron Davis played 25 minutes tonight. 25 minutes. Now, there is not a chance that they anticipated him playing that many minutes, that they wanted him playing that many minutes. And we're going to have to see, you know, for a guy like him, we got to see how he responds. You know, this could be one of those where it's like, Juwan's out. We've got a chance to win a monumental game. We've got to throw, you know, whatever minutes expectations we had just out the window. We got to try and win this game. And he was an absolute battler in there. You know, at one point it looked like he kind of hurt himself again, but he, you know, he stayed out there, not in shape, but 12 points, six boards, four assists. I mean, his passing is the thing that people just don't realize. And, you know, there were people that were questioning, you know, because we would say on here, man, you know, not having Duran has really been a big impact. And be like, oh, what? He played 10, 12 minutes a game. Tonight, it, obviously everybody who watched the game tonight understands how impactful is. he is. But especially for this particular team and the way they play, he's huge. And Ryan, tonight... We saw all the things that make him such a great player and that make him so valuable to this team. And I tip my cap to him for going out there for 25 minutes battling and staying effective the entire time. He was yeah. he was really good tonight.
1: So because this game went so late, I have to tell the, the chat mob, I apologize. I have dinner plans, and I did not expect the game to go this late. <laughs> uh, so I kind of have to get out of here after this segment. But... Deron Davis gets my game ball, and there's no question about it for me because of how he battled. Let's just award
0: it now because he's getting mine too.
1: Yeah, that dude. Yeah, that dude went to war tonight. Like he literally did. He was dragging that foot through the trenches tonight. And 12 points, as you said, six rebounds, four assists, one block. He was four of eight from the field. A couple of those he kind of had to shoot, and he was off balance on the, you know, he was trying to get fouled on a few of them and didn't get the calls. Because he's playing against Michigan State's big men at home. I mean, that's, you know, or on the I guess on the road, Michigan State's big men at work.
0: And three for four at the line with the game on the line, too.
1: Yeah. Man. Four four or six free throws for a guy who's not a great free throw shooter. Uh, 25 minutes is, you're right, that's the huge number. Because as in the beginning, Jay Billis was like, if they can get eight minutes, 12 minutes out of him, they'll feel really good about it. They got double that and more. And uh, just a great, and he had two fouls early, wound up with three fouls. He played smart defensively. He couldn't run any, you know, they were saying, Michigan State's just beating him down the floor. It wasn't that Deron wasn't running hard. He just can't right now beat <laughs> those guys down the floor. He just can't physically. And you notice later in the game, guys like Justin Smith would sprint back, take that guy until Deron could get back. And sometimes they got beat, sometimes they didn't. Uh, but Deron Davis, here's the thing. Is it on this roster right now? Who can just catch the ball in the post, turn, and make a jump hook, hook over a guy? Deron Davis is the only one. You know, when Juwan Morgan goes in there, he's going around guys and he's going up and under guys and things like that. Duran can turn around and just kind of easy bucket hook shot over a guy and make it. He changes the game when he's in there. And somebody in the chat, my pointed out, I think it's really astute. It's clear now that the biggest injury they have suffered this year or is suffered since Archie Miller's taken over is the loss of Duran Davis. Because even if he's your backup center and he's giving you 15, 20 minutes a game, you can get easy offense out of him. An easy offense is the one thing that this team does not have right now. And you got to look, at, first of all, defensively, I thought they played phenomenally. I, I really do. They made everything tough for Michigan State. There were a couple times Nick Ward had the ball in the post, caught it quick, laid it in. And other guys did that too and had that sealed off. Well, guess what? When you play Michigan State, that should have happened three times as often as it did. Uh, But they were able to prevent that. They chased the guards around. They defended shots a couple times. They got lost. Guys got open threes. Again, against a well-coached team, that stuff happens. But you look at what Deron Davis did on both ends of the floor, just battling and battling and battling and battling. And again, as you said, he only had 12 points. He had four assists. Just by his presence, he attracts so much attention that he can get other people's shots. And, I, you know, I love Duran. I've loved Duran since he was a recruit. I've talked him up since he was a recruit. And that injury was devastating for him and for this team. And I just hope he's getting healthy because down the stretch, they're going to need him. And he makes this team so much better, particularly if you can't give them starters minutes. He makes them so much better when the second unit comes in because you have somebody you can rely on instead of having to force these younger guys to pick up the slack everywhere. Yep.
0: Coach, your thoughts on
2: I, I, you know, That's one of the biggest mistakes I made in the preseason stuff that we talked about. I, I wasn't sure if he was going to play and if, if he could uh, do some of the things that Archie wanted. Boy, was I wrong on that. Um, just a great asset to have, and he was determined. I forget when he had that block shot. Um, I thought that was a key moment, too, defensively.
0: That was right um, after Juwan got hurt, and he yeah. came out and had a block shot and went down and scored, and it was almost like, look, guys, we are okay. Yeah. That was huge and, play.
2: Those are the things that um, you can't coach and, and you can't dr- draw up. But boy, are momentum changers—you you got your guy who's been out uh, for over a year sparingly coming in, and saying, "Okay, the number one guy went hurt, but got hurt and is out. Let's go!" And, and with his play, and that, that was that to me was a, a really a good moment as well as uh, all of the, the the scoring that he did and and the offensive stuff that he brings his team. But he also brings his team a little bit of presence inside. Um, being physical with low post and it prevents fouling from Joan. Joan has to guard the five all the time. Now you can get him out with the, you know, out on a four or something where he might not bang against that was my big fear coming into today was how quick are our post players going to get in foul trouble. And then who do we go to if Davis isn't isn't ready. And that gives you some cushion now to move Duran offensively and defensively off the five spot uh, for advantages as Archie sees it. But Duran Kudos to that young man and the struggles he's been through the last two years to to have a game like that and a big moment for, for the uh, team to get uh, back on track. Oh, Ryan. and one other thing. Ryan's girlfriend's talking some about dinner tonight in the chat, and she's going to be <laughs> leaving here early uh, to get ready. It's dominating the, the chat. It, it must be a, an off, awesome uh, uh, dinner plans tonight.
1: Well, my actual girlfriend is – completely not annoyed by Ryan's girlfriend in the chat, which is kind of funny. Uh, she actually loves it. Um, so, yeah, and, we're, and we're sure it's not her, right? Yeah, She's not know, like over there on her laptop right now? <laughs> no, her actual name is in the chat, so yeah, don't stalk her. Uh, Justin Smith, by the way, this is what I want to talk about Is my sort of last call. Justin Smith, 36 minutes. Romeo Lankford, 41 minutes. Devontae Green, 34 minutes. Al Durham, 37 minutes with a busted finger. Deron Davis, 25 minutes. Those guys all played their tails off and they're going to need to be just kept in buckets of ice on the flight home. Uh, um, Those guys earned it. I mean, I mean the whole team did, but those guys specifically went to battle tonight and they went into one of the toughest places in the country and forced Michigan state to say uncle basically. And it was a phenomenal game. I give Archie and the coaching staff credit for having these guys prepared to send in there and to play just their butts off. I mean, they absolutely did. Don't discount this. It wasn't a one-off game. I know Joshua Lankford was out and all that stuff, and I saw some people going, well, Michigan State's adjusting. To not-. No, this was Michigan State at home on a Saturday evening game in a packed house against Indiana, who they always want to beat. With a week they- to prepare after a loss. Because of that name on their chest, yep. they want to beat Indiana bad, and they couldn't because these kids fought. And again, I'm saying it again, check online. We're gonna try and get a post up about when these guys will be back. Somebody, I tweeted out the flight number. You can follow it on the flight uh, tracker website to find out when they're gonna be in. Meet them at Cook Hall. These kids have been through a hellish month. Okay, it's been. You think it's been bad for us as fans and bad for you know us as observers? It's been ten times as bad as them. This was an explosion from them. They played their tails off and they put that month. They're trying to put that month in the river. Go meet them. Go encourage them. These kids need someone to show that they love IU. We love IU basketball. We love these kids, and we want them to be successful. Go meet them and show them that and prove them that. I'm telling you, if you're in the surrounding area, go. Seriously, it'll be such a fun experience. Get some pictures with the guys. Shake some hands and tell them how much you appreciate their fight tonight. Um, I really think that would be a great showing of support for these guys who have really been through a tough time. And when things go bad, Hoosiers are supposed to stick together. And and bring each other up. So, uh, you know what? We've been hard on them. A lot of people have been hard on them. But tonight, they proved to us that they can do it, and, and that they can make a run towards the end of the season.
0: Any any final thoughts? Or was that it? Is that all you got? I think
1: that was it, man. I think that was it. These guys they 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 earned our respect tonight, and they earned sure our they, and they earned our you know admiration with what they did tonight. Because again, very few teams could have gone in and 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 won in that building tonight and they did it so good kudos to them they earned every bit of the admiration we're going to show them tonight
0: they did all right i gotta get out of here folks thank you all Adios. right coming coming up on the assembly call we continue our breakdown of indiana's thrilling victory over michigan state coach and i will talk more about romeo talk more about justin and al and every other storyline from this game that is next here on the assembly call stick with us Listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over six thousand of your fellow IU Hoops fans are subscribed. It will make you a smarter and more well-informed IU basketball fan. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach Brian Tonsoni. Ryan had to step off for the night. The overtime uh, uh, meant that he, he had some plans he had to get to, so he will not be with us. But coach, we are so excited that you're able to be here with us for this game. Uh, to kind of talk us through this. I want to spend some time here. We just spent a lot of time talking about Duran and Devontae. And, you know, I mean, they were such huge parts of Indiana's bench scoring. It's amazing how when you go on the road in the Big Ten, having an actual junior class makes a difference. (laughs) It felt like Indiana's played, you know, with, you know, one senior in Juwan Morgan and Zach McRoberts, who's been hobbled in a grad transfer, who's never been in Big Ten arenas. And other than that, a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. You know, now you got two guys in Devontae Green and Duran Davis who – they haven't had, you know, it's been a very up and down two years for them, but they've been in these arenas. They're, you know, they're closer to being men, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're grown men. Just having those guys out there makes a big difference. And so, I mean, that's, you know, it's something, as you look at, at reasons for why Indiana has been struggling, you know, that's, that's not all of it. Maybe it's not the biggest reason, but it's an important part of it. Um, and, and we saw that tonight. Let's talk about Romeo. Uh, Romeo, the numbers, 19 points, six of 18 shooting. So he was not efficient shooting, but this was not the kind of game that was really designed for him to be efficient because of how good Michigan state is at defending twos and how, I mean, they're basically one of the best teams in the country at taking away Romeo's bread and butter. But what Romeo did do tonight, he was able to get to the free throw line. And so he knocked down five of six free throws. He had a couple of threes and they were huge threes. One was even a catch and shoot three, which we haven't seen from him and you know he was able to get some rebounds he had 4 assists you know he had a block and so you know it's easy you know you look at that last play of regulation and 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 you know when it's tied and and he just kind of puts up that bad shot but he really you know at the end of the game when indiana really needed someone to step up offensively he really made some nice plays there and i thought jay billis made some good points about how you know he needs to do some more work before he gets the ball and that was kind of you know hindering him but, you know, sometimes to win a game like this, you know, you need role players stepping up. Indiana had that. But you also need a star. And you need a star to make star plays. You know, that's why Indiana beat Michigan State in 2013. Because Victor Oladipo just made star plays. And tonight, for as up and down as he was and for as poor as his transition defense was at times, Romeo made some star plays. And this was, you know, uh, I think this is a game where he probably grew up a little bit, too, to be able to to fight in a physical environment like this for him. So, you know, not a perfect game by any means, but I thought Romeo really did some big things, especially late, um, that allowed Indiana to have a chance to win this game, and they did.
2: Yeah, you know, every type of player needs to learn the next stage. Uh, when you you leave high school to go to college, regardless of your uh, star ranking, your recruiting ranking, there is uh, some some knowledge that has to be gained, and at times that can be that can be really tough. So, you know you look at Romeo and, and what I see right now is, is a guy with a lot of pressure coming to his hometown state, trying to do too much at times. And I think that, that takes, that makes his shot selection a little bit poor in, in at times uh, when to shoot, when to dish uh, some things that uh, is something I think he needs to work on. And, and I, I call it hero ball and you got to know the young man. And I, I don't know the young man, but, Sometimes hero ball sounds like it's selfish, but I don't think that's the case with Romeo. It's just of, hey, the team's hurt and I want to put them on my back. And sometimes when you try too hard, I think Juwan does that sometimes in, in the post uh, during this stretch of, oh my gosh, I got to be the scorer. Of the defense has two or three guys. I'm still going to throw it up there type of stuff. And so I think that's why his shooting percentage drops off uh, a little bit. It'll be helped a lot if. The guys can shoot 10 to 20 from three, but you know, uh, I, I emailed you a little bit earlier, um, as part of Delphi bracketology, we get to cover, uh, the local university. I'll, I'll, leave the name out. Um, but, but the, the local university won a game where they shot really poorly from two against the same Michigan state team, but they came on and, and hit almost 50% from three, including some bench threes. It was well, Purdue that, for
0: those of you who don't yeah. know your Indiana geography. <laughs>
2: okay. I, I, I don't like saying that name, but, um, Indiana, that was the same thing, uh, 39% uh, on the f- from the field overall, but they shot better from, from three, which is something that has been lacking because Michigan State is big and they clogged the lane. So Romeo has to figure out how to adjust. In high school, he didn't have to do that. And, and if you look at – you know, we watch it all the time and we see the flaws, but if you watch some of these other five stars, short of just of a couple of freaks that are at Duke um, that can just do anything they want, there, there's often times in a season where these really good players struggle uh, to get going and find their niche. I thought the biggest play was that that layup to go back up one yeah. uh, where he really just didn't hesitate and exploded. But you saw him come off staggered doubles. That was an adjustment to get him some space and do that at movement before he catches the ball that Billis was talking about uh, instead of just the weave and then catching and going one-on-one. So there's some ways that they're now trying to get him in, in some space. I think that'll continue uh, to be developed as the year goes on. But yeah, I thought uh, some key rebounds. He had a couple key rebounds. The thing that bothers me the most right now is he feels sorry for himself when he doesn't get a call and he doesn't hustle back on defense. It's happened a couple games in a row, and he's got to learn that it's next play real quick uh, at this level and the next level. Uh, that, that's the only disappointing thing with Romeo.
0: Let me ask you a question. You know, something that Indiana has not done a lot is pound the offensive glass and get offensive rebounds. You know, it's something that Archie's teams have never done because he really values getting back on defense. And you knew that was going to be huge. Transition defense was a huge focus for Indiana against, you know, one of the best transition teams in the country in Michigan State. You know, you look at it, they did score 14 points and, you know, 14 fast break points. And some of that was because Duran struggled at times to get back and because Romeo didn't get back at times. I thought Ryan had a great observation that Justin Smith's transition defense in the second half was much, much better. But you look at the overall defensive performance for Indiana, they hold Michigan State to 1.09 points per possession, which is really solid, you know, considering that you're in their building and they're a really good defensive team or a really good offensive team. And yet Indiana also was able to get 20 offensive rebounds. So if going to the offensive glass sacrifices the defense, how coach, and, and by the way, it was huge because we got 16 second chance points on those 20 offensive rebounds. I mean, really big. So how were we able tonight to hit the glass, get 20 offensive rebounds, and yet still deliver a really strong defensive performance, you know, in Michigan State's home building?
2: Because I think we got the offensive rebounds with, with minimal coverage um, of going to the glass. As a coach, you decide every game how many guys you're sending to the glass. Are we sending three, four, or all five to the glass? And you know that the more you send to the glass, the less you're going to have back in transition. So, depending on the scout, uh, I don't know what their rotation was back. Every team has, you know, we call it fullback, halfback. Uh, who gets all the way back? Who gets to the midcourt? And we send three. But the guys that were sent to the glass were very active in tipping the ball and going after the ball. And that's heart. And that was something I thought was missing from the team for a while, that feel sorry for you stuff I've talked about. There was no quit. And, and so – Sometimes you can get offensive rebounds when you only send three and, and, and I'd have to look again at the tape and I hate that to, <laughs> to say that, but to really see, I wasn't focusing on how many they were sending and why that happened. Uh, but you can do both. Uh, if you challenge your bigs, go get uh, uh, an offensive rebound every, you know, five minutes, that's four rebound, offensive rebounds, a game or a, Or a half, that's eight for a game. That would be an awesome night for a post player. And and I think um, Billis was talking about the determination at some point of just moving and getting around and not being blocked out. I think that might have been our game. If not, it was a game that I was watching previously where the announcer said offensive rebounding is just go get it. And I I attribute that to uh, our guys tonight had a big heart to get the rebounds and therefore still allowed excellent transition defense because I think the transition defense was the reason Indiana wins the game. Uh, I really do. Yeah, it was outstanding.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Indiana's sophomore class: Al Durham, Justin Smith, two guys who I think grew up tonight. You know, I think Devontae Green and Deron Davis, you know, showed you know when you have upperclassmen how much they can mean. But I, you know, there there are games for in in the careers of young players where they really grow up and kind of realize things. And I thought Justin Smith especially. Look, you know, 6 of 17, did he take some bad shots? Probably. You know, in the first half, I thought he did a really good job of finishing uh, twice, but he was on the block and received passes from his teammates, went up strong. Every time he put the ball on the floor in the first half, something bad happened. In the second half, he was much better. He had at least two or three times where he took the ball from outside the three-point line off the dribble and either scored or, you know, usually it wasn't just a smooth layup. He would miss it, get the offensive rebound, put it back, or he would get fouled, but he produced points out of it. He had 10 rebounds, five offensive, five defensive, the three blocks. We talked about the huge block at the end. And, and and I'll tell you what was even even bigger than that is he was getting on the floor after loose balls. He played tough. And it, it just, it seemed like a guy that kind of grew up and was like, you know what? I can be a dude in this league, but I've got to play like one. And he played hard. He played tough. And he was so, I mean, look, Indiana cannot weather losing Juwan Morgan if Justin Smith doesn't play really, really, really well in the second half. And he did. And maybe this is the kind of game where he realizes and says, holy smokes, you know, I can play the best team in the Big Ten. I can play right with those guys, but I've got to play hard. I've got to play tough. So, you know, questions about the shot selection, all of that. But I thought in some important mental and physical ways, he grew up tonight.
2: I thought it was a tale of two halves for Justin Smith. And I was in the, the halftime report and I was pretty down on Justin. I thought he he plays cautious, and for whatever reason, whether that's personality or or whatever, it's just like a half a second, three quarters of a second late on decision making. Should I shoot? Should I drive? Should I close out? Should I rebound? And, and I thought all of that left at halftime. And, and uh, you know, I'd love to have a recording of what went down at halftime. No Juwan. And it was like a call to arms probably for the team. If it was team led, that's great. If it was Archie led, that was great. But I thought Justin responded to whatever happened at halftime. And he was a totally different player, Jared, after after halftime. And, and the one block shot, and was he the one who got the fingertip late? Yes. Uh, or was that Duran? No, uh, that was, was Justin, Justin and, and
0: Duran got the rebound.
2: Got the rebound late. Um, and I, I just thought it was two different types of players I thought he was over helping and, and then you know it's not always his fault when he's the guy closing out on a shooter it might have been someone else's fault but it sure looks bad when like four or five times the open guy is the guy that you're running out on so again knowing strategy and what was going on I, I don't know that I can attribute all of those open shots to Justin but I just didn't think he was playing with that fire that and he's had moments like that this year Boy, the second half was was great, and I think you saw it offensively. He was a decision-maker. And in the game of basketball, you need to be a decision-maker. You can't be cautious because if you're cautious, you're just a, a number out there and a body out there. You're not a, an effective player. You're not helping your teammates. Today he helped himself. Today he helped the team on the Jersey, Indiana, and he helped his teammates with his effort and spirited play, and, and kudos to that young man to, to bounce back inside a game. And now the challenge for him and the coaching staff is you, you've demonstrated that just like you said about the whole team earlier, Archie using this, this is a good film to go first time half, second half, and show, Justin, we need you um, on, on this team playing this way to, to be our best.
0: And Al Durham, I think, has become now, he's become a legit guy in the Big Ten. And, and he was not that. But, you know, we came on here on the postgame show after the Purdue game, and there weren't many bright spots there. You know, and he only had eight points. We came on and we said, you know what, he kind of showed us something in this game. He was attacking. He was confident. And some of the criticisms that we've had of him, you know, not being able to really play through, you know, tough physical games, kind of getting lost in games, that doesn't happen with Al anymore. And tonight it didn't happen with Romeo on the court. He seemed much more comfortable playing with Romeo tonight and actually, you know, facilitating some offense. He brought the ball up some, had the ball in his hands. He looked really confident. And we said Indiana's looking for a third scorer. Al Durham may well be the guy to do it, and since then, the last four games, 11 points against Northwestern, 6 against Michigan, 11 against Rutgers, 14 against Michigan State, he's almost right there at that average of 11, and they were big shots, and he's getting more comfortable both at having a quicker trigger on the three-pointer, where he's just, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I just mean he gets it and he shoots it, he's confident, but he's also getting back to doing... What he showed that he was so good at last year, which is taking the ball to the hole, you know, getting contact. He had he shot four free throws tonight against Michigan. He shot five against Northwestern. He shot five against Purdue. He shot four. And over his three previous games, he had shot two total. So he's driving. He's dealing with, you know, with the physicality of the game. I think his defense has been pretty good. You know, and that was some Brian Evans stuff tonight. I mean, having his finger. I mean, you could see, you know, on on camera right after he got hurt, his fingers just bent. Then he goes over there, and he's in clear pain. They pop it back in, and he comes back on the floor. And that had to be a huge lift for the team where it's just, I mean, it's felt like all season. Guy goes out, guy goes out, guy goes out, and now you get Al back. And he comes back, and he makes plays. So, you know, this was a huge win for the present of the program, and it gets the season back on a good trajectory. But, you know, this is the kind of game that for these two guys we may point back to sometime and be like, you know, remember when Justin Smith and Al Durham really grew up on the road? Because man, those two guys were good, and and Al, it's been a a continuation of what we've seen from him. And by the way, last thing, coach, and then you talk about him, Al's minutes the last four games: thirty three, thirty two, thirty eight, thirty seven. I mean, the guy's going out there, you know, giving everything, and he's just he's been really impressive.
2: You know, it, it it was fun watching him tonight. He hit some really big threes that that helped the win, but none better than that drive baseline. And he got fouled late, and then stepping <laughs> yeah. up and hitting two free throws. Uh, and you know, he just stepped up at big times and you need more than two people, um, to, uh, run an effective offense in the big 10. And if he can stretch and get spacing for the Indiana offense, that's just going to help. And the thing that's, that's fun about L right now. And you mentioned that there's no hesitation. He's catching the ball and he's thinking shot first. And, and we tell players all the time, you're, you're most open when you first catch it, <laughs> yeah. you got to have that sense that I'm going to catch it to shoot it. And then the defense has to make me make a different, uh, another decision. If I'm catching to pass and then I'm wide open and I hesitate, then the three's not likely to go in as a high percentage. If you just catch to shoot and, and some players get confused with roles and shot selection, talk from coaches and worried about, is this a good shot or a bad shot? If you're on the floor, when you catch it, think shot, uh, Yes, you know, within your the scope of, of where you're expected to to shoot the basketball. And Al is really doing that. And and then he's looking to making secondary moves on catches and drives and when there are bad closeouts, he's not afraid to, to go. He's not running offense. He's looking to play basketball. And, and I think that's a big thing for Indiana too. Play some hoop, you know, play some open gym basketball within the scope, not not freelancing and not not listening to the coach, but you gotta go play. You you just can't go out there and, and be stiff and robotic in, in the movements. And sometimes when you get sorry for yourself or if you've been in a losing situation and you want to get out of it, you got to get back to that free flowing type of stuff within offense where I'm a score, dude, I'm a, I'm a dot. Your eye. I'm going to tell you about it. You know, and, and, you know, we, we actually tell our kids to talk a little bit. It's too quiet sometimes. Pop it's the game, collar, baby. Well, yeah. Well, not pop the collar, but t- do a little talking. Um, <laughs> This game is meant to be fun, and, and there was one moment, I forget, someone took a charge or someone was down on the ground. Justin Smith and, took a
0: charge, first and one everyone in forever.
2: Sprint, they, they were all sprinting to, to pick someone up yeah. instead of just walking and doing those things, and so the game's got to be back to, to having fun. you got to be disciplined and smart and all that stuff too, but you got to play free, and boy, Al Durham right now is the epitome of playing free and loose, and he just needs to continue to do that absolutely all right coming up
0: on our final segment i don't want it to be our final segment i want the show to go on all night uh we hand out our game ball hit any other storylines we haven't hit and then in last call we will deliver our final thoughts on indiana's huge 79 75 victory against michigan state stick with us on the assembly call are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni, and we are wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's big victory over Michigan State. Uh, Coach, this is the time when we usually hand out our game balls. We already did that. It was unanimous for Deron Davis. So what I want to do for this segment is I want to highlight something, and you kind of alluded to this in the last segment, which is how you need more guys, right? Well, tonight... Indiana had five players in double figures. Uh, Green with 11, Davis 12, uh, Justin 13, Al 14, Romeo with 19. But here's the thing, is every single player who played tonight contributed to the victory. You know, Evan Fitzner was minus one in his eight minutes, but that three-pointer that he hit was huge. You know, and he had, he had a really nice steal. I mean, he made a couple of plays. Demise Anderson played five minutes, didn't really register anything uh, on uh, in the box score, But Indiana was plus three when he was out there. And I know, you know, the limitations of plus minus and all that, but the reason why I'm using that is because, you know, you played Demisey Anderson for five minutes, and if he has some defensive breakdowns, that could be part of Michigan State going on a run. And he didn't. You know, he was out there and, 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 you know, didn't make that many mistakes, wasn't able to hit, you know, the shot that he took but still did some things. You know, Clifton Moore played for like two seconds, but he at least batted a rebound out of bounds, so Michigan State couldn't get an easy offensive rebound and put it in. Jake Forrester got in there, and I thought really played well in his eight minutes. And I'll tell you the thing that impressed me about Jake Forrester is he got in there, and he had two straight possessions where he missed layups. I mean, he missed bunnies. You know, he just kind of like short-armed it. It was a look of a guy who hasn't played many minutes and isn't quite comfortable. He got another opportunity like two plays later, and he was like, screw this. I'm just going to dunk it, and that was a really athletic play. I mean, he jumped off two feet and covered some ground and dunked it. That was a man's bucket there for the freshman, and so, you know, and we talked about the contributions of all the other guys. You're going to go on the road and win a game like this. You can't have any weak links, and you've got to have positive production from everybody who plays. And, you know, and that's why I'm just – I am so proud of this team tonight. I mean, everybody, when their number was called, they came out and they played well. And it was so great to see because typically it's two or three guys playing well, another guy struggling, or, you know, this guy had a, t- you know, a terrible – and it, none of that tonight from the top down. And and I'm talking about from the coaches to the last guy that came in off the bench to the guys on the bench cheering and keeping the enthusiasm up. This was a total team victory. So in a sense, you could give the game ball to everybody. You know, we're we're giving it to Duran because of his impact and how he played, and I'm fully on board with that. But this is one where you just want to hand out a game ball to everybody because it was a total team victory.
2: And, and it also goes to explain a little bit, and I know uh, people get tired of us trying to explain the, the loss, when you don't have your full squad And someone might say, well, you didn't have your full squad today and and, and you won a game. Why didn't you win a game earlier? Well, inside the game is a little different. You had a couple juniors back and and you had, you know, you had a little bit of a flow there. So, uh, but yes, everyone contributed. I thought Jake, you know what? Jake might get a secondary game ball because he, for his astute fouling of Ward, (laughs) I mean, Jake got in and fouled out in eight minutes. He got five fouls and put Ward to the free throw line, and the dude was one for eight or something like that and really was the reason we were able to, to stay in. So maybe he knows something that we don't know is, I'm going to go in and put this dude at the free throw line. Um, <laughs> that's outstanding play there by the freshman. By the way, that's you want
0: to know the greatest stat like of the entire season? Indiana is fourth in the country in free throw defense. We're holding opponents to 62.6% free throw shooting. As bad as our free throw shooting has been, the <laughs> opponents is better, and we will take it. We will absolutely no take kidding. it. So that was huge. No <laughs>
2: kidding. That that was that was great. No, I thought you know Jake's an energy guy, and, and, and once he learns how to position himself defensively and, and do some things offensively, it always worries me when those post players get the reverse the pass to reverse the ball at the top of the offense and. And, and I, you could tell two players were telling Jake where he had to go when yeah. he was out there, when to step out. So that's some of the reason why he doesn't play a lot of minutes and that's okay. Cause some of the guys you recruit are development guys and, and Jake and Demisi were probably meant to be development guys in the big picture who have been forced to maybe uh, to play some time happy for Fitzner. I, I, I know we're all tough on him that he hasn't turned out to be quite the player uh, that everyone expected, but he's sticking with it. He's all team. He, 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 Instagrammed out something about the team, and and then he comes out and he and he hits a, a big three, and, and I thought there was a nice defensive play by him uh, on a post feed where he got a steal in, in the uh, in the second half. Uh, that those things go go unnoticed. So you're absolutely right. The bench is what we were missing, and and, and you know you you just have you, you just have a flow that when when we you didn't have your guys at the beginning of the streak, and you're playing quality opponents on the road, quality opponents on the road. Um, it was just difficult, and it was it was so good to see Green and and those guys come back. And it helps guys like Fitzner and Forster and Anderson uh, be more productive because they don't have to go in and be twenty minute people, and they don't have to score, and they don't have to defend on all the, and be great. They just got to eat minutes, and so that's more their role. And and so that's another benefit of having those juniors come back and, and be healthy. But what a great effort by by everyone! They ought to have a happy flight and, and
0: oh man. Uh,
2: be relaxed a little bit, and then, then you got to refocus because you got games coming up, and, 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 and that's, that'll be the key to how they handle this success um, because you, you want to keep winning and you want to get to that tournament. You don't just want to end a losing streak and start another one.
0: And what's nice is that you know, they've got some time. So the next game is Iowa. That's Thursday. Iowa coming off a huge win against Michigan. So you've got two teams that are coming off just tremendous wins that, you know, will be they'll be riding high with confidence, but also riding high with people patting them on the back and telling them how good they are. And, you know, what's going to be interesting is, you know, the formula that Iowa used to beat Michigan is something they haven't done a lot, which is play 40 minutes of really good defense and, you know, a lot of effort defensively. And obviously what Indiana did to beat Michigan State. I mean, I don't know where this was taking charges, making threes. I mean, it's basically the inverse of the last seven games. We just did the opposite of all of that, (laughs) you know, and we win this game. So it is going to be interesting to see how Indiana rebounds. But I tell you, the timing of this win is so important because, you know, those two home games are winnable. You've got Iowa on Thursday and Ohio State on Sunday. And look, I have faith that the Assembly Hall crowd would have done everything they could, even if we had gotten blown out tonight. That it would have, you know, brought it on Thursday night against Iowa. But now there's going to be an extra level of confidence. You know, there's going to be a belief again. Like to me, the impact of a game like this is it, and really, it could only be a game like this at Michigan State, where where it's you know the stakes are so high and the win is so big. Is so much of the trust that was eroded. It doesn't get rebuilt because trust has to be rebuilt over time. But what it does is it opens everybody's mind back up. You know, for fans, it's like, oh, wait a minute. We can beat teams. So that wasn't a total mirage early on. Like, this team can do some things. You know, for the players, it's, you know, okay, this guy does have my back. And this guy can make shots. And, you know, for the coaches, it's, okay, you know, Evan Fitzner made another shot. And Jake can do stuff when he gets in there. And for the players, it's like, you know, okay, what Archie's telling. So it gets that open-mindedness back to where trust can be rebuilt. And what I thought was the biggest issue Indiana's facing after Rutgers is it just felt like all the trust was gone from the fans to the coaches to the players, and that's why this win is so huge. So it is not a guarantee of anything. you know. If Indiana comes out and reverts to their own ways, they're going to lose to Iowa, they're going to lose to Ohio State, and we're going to look back at this like, what the heck was that? That was one of the weirdest results ever. But it could also be a springboard. So to you, Coach, what are the most important things that need to happen between now and Thursday – for this game to be a springboard to a great finish to the season rather than just kind of a one night aberration that we're looking back on scratching our heads in the middle of March,
2: yeah, I, you know Joel from the chat room sent me this long uh, article about trust and, and yeah. it said exactly what you were talking about and, and um you know it's a great read, and i i'm going to share that with our coaching staff and our our players too but Um, you're absolutely right. you got to trust the process. So the big thing this next few days is, A, get bodies rested and minds rested uh, as well as you can and still prepare for your next opponent. Second thing is really dig deep on how can we bottle this up. What did we do well uh, against Michigan State that we have not been doing well and make sure then you forget about it, you know, Um, and and that's tough because the, the worst thing sometimes is to string success, success, success together. Um, yeah, that sounded really good. Um, but sometimes winning streaks are hard too, because you you get those pats on the back. And so it is a focus issue for me. This is a team that played well in December, November and December. This is a team who played well at Michigan state. And in between that, they played awful and we coached awful. So we've got to get that focus back. And and I'd be pretty I don't know if I'd be pretty hard on them because of the injuries and the rest, and 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 you got to know your team, but but we're a lot harder on our team after wins than we are uh, sometimes after losses, just to make sure that that hunger is still there and this isn't just a one-time thing, and especially if uh, if we're going to be without Jawan Ju- uh, for any amount of time, it's going to take really concentrated effort and everyone digging in to to get a couple of of wins. Uh,
0: great comment from that dude in the chat who said, "Sounds like AC After Dark started early there, Coach." <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I, I haven't even started celebrating yet with my <laughs> beverage, and I got a little tongue-tied. I've been so excited. Sorry, guys.
0: Um, yeah, that 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 won't come back to haunt you at all with a with a no, sound drop no, later. that'll be on there. So, last thing that I want to say before we get to last call, and I'm I'm you know I'm not kidding, but I could spend three hours talking about this game because this one's fun. But you know. The undercurrent of everything that we've talked about is a big hat tip to the coaching staff. It's sometimes hard to know, you know, without being there in the game plans and all of that stuff, it's hard to know, you know, what specifically that you compliment the coaching staff for. But to have these guys ready to weather the storm, to, you know, to to divvy out the minutes like they did, everything worked. And you know what else worked is we won another close game. And And this is where I think we need to step back and we need to recognize Archie Miller has a proven track record as a really good close game coach. Like... I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but he's like 51 and 28 or something in games decided by five points or less. Like, it's really good. And it's to the point where every season, you know, it's it's a really solid record. So it's not something I don't think that you just chalk up to, you know, small sample size or randomness. And, you know, one of the biggest shames about this losing streak is that we haven't even been close. You know, I mean, the Maryland game, we lost by three, but we had to hit a couple shots late. Like, that game wasn't that close late. So we didn't even really have a chance for the thing that we were so good at early in the season. And I know sometimes close games or a ball bounces this way, you make one shot and there's some randomness. And so we're probably bound to lose one of those. But you know what? This team keeps winning them. So we just need to get in close games. And, and I think that's one thing with this team. They do seem to trust each other and trust Archie in close games down the stretch. you know. And they've been able to execute. It's just they've gotten their doors blown off because they haven't had the mental toughness and physical toughness to stick in games long enough. So, you know, I tip my cap to Archie. I mean, yeah, you know, was that, would you have liked to get a better shot at the end of regulation? Yeah. You know, that probably wasn't the greatest thing, but man, he made a lot of good moves. His team was really poised and, and they did a lot of good things down the stretch to where this wasn't just, you know, some balls bounced their way. In fact, at the end of overtime there, when you're up four, 76, 72, and you turn it over twice, <laughs> you know, I mean, some balls didn't go your way. And they were able to weather that. And so tip of the cap to the coaching staff, because they kept this team together uh, and they were able to, you know, to lead them through the end of the game there. Uh, the guys made plays and the coaches made calls and that's how you win games like this.
2: Yeah. And, and one thing I'd like to share uh, with, with the listeners, you know, there are good and bad players and there are good and bad coaches, but I've never met a player or coach who really truly doesn't want to win. Uh, sometimes the the effort or the focus or the preparation isn't what should be done. and and players and coaches have to be held accountable. But there's no doubt that this team still has the desire to win. And despite, you know, some articles that come out about locker room issues and all kinds of stuff like that, uh, we no one really knows what's going on, except those guys in in that locker room for the most part. And just kudos to them of, of, of eliminating the noise, uh, focusing in on what needed to be done and finding a way to get it done in a, in a very, very tough environment. And, you know, there, there's, there's just nothing better than, you know, breaking a. You wish you never had a losing streak, but there's nothing better when once you have one than breaking it, um, and, and then hopefully stringing some together and, and winning, you know, seven out of nine or something like that to to get into the uh, postseason on a high note. That would be the the great outlook and the hope for all of us in, in Hoosier land. And a game like this could be could be a cork that uh, just unleashes all that energy in a positive direction, but. These, these guys these guys want to win uh, and and when we talk about softness and toughness um, th- they know that too uh, and players know that and, and players got to play outside of their personality sometimes. Some of the best players I had I had to really get angry at so they would get mad and play angry because they were too nice um, and they didn't mean to they, they that's just how they 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 were as people so Keep fighting for these guys. Keep rooting for Indiana. There's a reason people come to chat rooms and social media. You like the team. You like the program. Still, you know, don't quit.
0: That's right. Okay, last thing before we get to last call. You, know, you talk about how you know, you're on a losing streak. There's nothing better than, than breaking that losing streak. The only thing better is breaking that losing streak on the road against the number three team to where you have one of the best wins in the country. So I want to ask you from a bracketology perspective – You know Indiana now thirteen and nine. Obviously they're going to have to win some more games, but you know they've now got this win on the road against Michigan State. You know obviously the other impressive wins. So as you kind of project forward, now that this win is actually on the resume, you know what's the win total Indiana needs to get to to where you would feel comfortable saying okay they get if they post that win number they're getting
2: in. It's hard to guarantee because you you know other teams have opportunities as well. Yeah if if Indiana's in the 18 19 range and they pick up a couple more quad one wins and butler plays better so that uh, you know some of these games become quad one wins they they have a chance butler won today and was at 54 in the net if the net comes out tomorrow and butler's the 49 Indiana has five or four quad one wins and and you're talking about there are four seeds and and five seeds that have four uh, heck auburn has zero right now and they're ranked so those are hard to look away uh texas is in many brackets across the country right now and they're 12 and 9 because they have four of these quad one wins so to to say a number of actual wins it really depends Uh, you you can't lose some some bad ones because right now indiana has nothing in the column three or column four that would constitute bad losses and committees have put in teams like vanderbilt in the past at 19 and 15 and honored um, there are no, no bad losses. And, and so that's what you got to hang your head on. You you beat, um, Iowa, that's a quad one win at home. Ohio state will be a quad two win at at home because they're in the thirties. I think, I think, um, 1920 is always the magic number, but, but if you're sitting at 19, I don't know what that puts us loss wise. And, And you also have time in the tournament, which we haven't ever done very well, but, Times change, you know. We haven't done well at Michigan State either, and that changed today. So, right. you know, this is, maybe this will I just be the bizarro
0: that, Big Ten season.
2: I always like that in betting lines, you know. Like the Rams have never beat New England in the last twenty years against the spread. Well, this is, a, you know, Jared Goff didn't play twenty years ago. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I always get intrigued by by those streaks. But I, I, I think Indiana now is in, and they're probably in at a, a potentially ten seed line and off the bubble. With this win, because it's so good. I mean, if Alabama's in with the win against Kentucky at home, and they have three bad losses and seven losses overall, I don't see how Marquette, Louisville, and now Michigan State on the road being huge. Um, how Indiana's not in? Now they just got to protect it yep. and, and and win a lot more than they lose um, from a bracketology perspective. And as soon as I'm done, I'm going to the spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, that have happened to to see what what happens uh, Um, but it's amazing
0: you know it's amazing how one win can change your perspective because coming into tonight you know it it, it was kind of hard to see where the next win would come from you know but now you go win the toughest game on your schedule and all the wins seem possible so you know it's that old adage you know you're you're probably never as good as you look in your best win and you're never as bad as you are in your worst loss and so The true Indiana team, I'm sure, is, you know, somewhere in between, you know, what we saw, you know, against Rutgers and against Michigan and then what we saw uh, tonight. But, boy, this sure does give you some hope and some faith that what you saw in November, what you saw in December, you know, maybe, you know, Indiana, you know, just suffered through that that terrible month of January, which we knew was going to be difficult even before the season. We didn't think it was going to be that difficult, but we knew it was going to be difficult, and we always thought this team was going to hit their stride in February and March. Well, look, the calendar turned. The first game in February is at Michigan State. Indiana just went and won it. So it gives you a lot of hope that they're going to be able to do that down the stretch. Uh, And if they learn some important lessons from what they did tonight that was different from what they did before, they're going to have a great chance to do it and just uh, it got everybody feeling good again, which, which we all needed. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU post game show. Remember that because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off your entire order at HoosierProud.com and HomefieldApparel.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, go to HomefieldApparel.com. And if you want one of our Assembly Call logo t shirts or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com on both sites. Use the promo code Assembly at checkout for 15% off your entire order. All right, Coach, it's time for last call. Your final thoughts on a thrilling, monumental Indiana victory, 79-75 at Michigan State that snapped the seven-game losing streak.
2: Uh, well, thank goodness. Now all of us can get back to reading social media again and and reading our favorite articles and not shying away. You, you texted me today on, on my way home from practice and asked if I wanted to be on the show, and there's a slight hesitation. <laughs> like, oh, man, it's Michigan State, eight losses in a row. Um, but out of respect for you and, and Ryan, there's no doubt I, I, I took that option. But this just shows what the program can do. Uh, we still need to hold the coaches accountable and the players accountable for not having the type of uh, bad play and soft play and maybe a not structured enough offense, all the things that are, are good criticisms of, of the staff and the players. And, and you know, but you got to keep the faith a little bit. There's a reason that we all wear cream and crimson. And, you know, uh, we all need to shout uh, and howl at the moon sometimes. Uh, and I encourage, uh, you know, people to just be careful how we choose to do that. Uh, it is is this helpful. For me, it's in the man cave uh, and not on Twitter and in the, the chat mob and so forth. Uh, but it's fun. And you stick around for moments like this. But more than about us fans, it's, it's about the, the people in the arena that you know they they fight every day, and and it can be a grind. College athletics can be a grind, and, and when you lose, it's no fun. And so I'm just happy uh, for some individuals on the Indiana basketball team. Happy for the the whole staff and the whole team that they uh, can enjoy this. And then I tell them, hey, forget it. By the time tomorrow pops up, because you got work to do. Because we have high expectations, and just winning one game out of eight or nine is really not Indiana basketball. And, and we root for you because we like winning. And it's time to hang banners again. Not maybe this year, obviously, but we got to start getting back to Indiana basketball. And that's more of a challenge to the players. Also a challenge to the staff to, to, to do better. Uh, and let's get a winning streak going.
0: Boy, tonight sure felt like Indiana basketball again, didn't it? You yes, know, that's uh, the worst part about the seven-game losing streak. It's not It's not the losing, right? Like, we can, we can not accept losing, but you can take losing – if you feel like your team is out there giving a great effort and they're just not as good as the other teams, you know? And I think what's been so hard about the seven-game losing streak and what has made some of these games so disappointing to watch is not really being able to feel proud of the team at times because you just felt like they weren't fighting as much as they could and you know some of that you know may be unfair for us to to project onto them and, and we've talked about all the you know the many reasons why this team may have been fighting a crisis of confidence and 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 you know the, the the issues that they've had not being able to practice fully and the chemistry issues like all of those things but still at the end of the day you go out there for 40 minutes and you you know you present what you're about and we all just haven't been proud about what indiana basketball has been about for seven straight games tonight win or lose if a couple balls had bounced the wrong way we would have been able to come on here and be proud about the way Indiana played you know even if they lost and the loss would have been terrible and it would have been an eight straight loss and that would have meant that the night wasn't a success but we still could have been proud but man to win that game with the way they played and to have it snap the streak it's just it's awesome and it's there's just there's no better feeling to me as a fan than to be proud of the team win or lose, to be proud of what you put out there and the way that you represented yourself, the way that you represented your team, the togetherness that you had. And, you know, I, I kind of found myself as the game wore on and, you know, the shadow, the cloud of the seven-game losing streak, it it does make you think, okay, we're probably going to find a way to lose this. But you know what? You know, let's, let's figure out on the post-game show how to not necessarily make this a moral victory, but talk about how we're still proud. And they just went out and won it anyway. And, I mean, I just, you know, you know, the way Juwan came out, then losing him, the way Al got hurt, come, came back, the way guys like Justin Smith and Al Durham and Romeo and everybody picked up for each other, picked up the slack. I am just one proud Indiana fan tonight, and it's the best feeling that you can possibly have as a sports fan, and it's a feeling that I hope to have you know, every time now that we watch this team play down the stretch because they've certainly got it in them. Um, and they, you know, they showed us that tonight. And so if they can continue playing like this, uh, obviously we're going to have uh, many more victorious episodes of the assembly call, but more importantly, I hope we have many, many more proud episodes of the assembly call because those are the best ones to do always. All right. That'll do it for us on this week's edition or on t- this edition of the assembly call IU post game show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. You can also subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Monday for Banner Monday and then Thursday night for the IU Iowa Post Game Show. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the assembly call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com support that lists five ways that you can support the assembly call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. We appreciate it. Thank you. That was awesome.
2: That might be the biggest win, Jared, that I've never cheered for in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Because
0: you were trying to stay quiet.
2: (laughs) I didn't want to ruin it for you because I knew I was seven seconds ahead. uh, Oh, man. I'm sitting there biting. I'm trying to lean back out of the camera view. I should have (laughs) just shut the camera off and muted. I didn't even think about that. But uh, i get so nervous about messing up my settings and all that that's just a bad no, I, I habit know. of mine you're 15 minutes early and all that stuff but i it ended up being a lot of fun because i was like oh we just scored jared's gonna go nuts <laughs> boom five <laughs> seconds later yeah. you're going nuts oh that man. was great
0: that was that was just awesome What a man what an unexpected win uh, you know you know what's funny is i was having and, and this happens every game so i don't for the most part. You know, all day I was like, I don't know, man. Like maybe we're just going to start hitting some shots. Like maybe something crazy will happen and we're going to win this game. And I was like, I should I should put a tweet out about this. Like I'm having a strong gut feeling. I was like, no, cuz there's a good chance that that's going to come back to haunt me, so I didn't. But what I did do is I came on my notes. I always like I like to just write down our record and everything real quick just so I don't mess it up cuz sometimes in the heat of the moment when we start the show, I'll forget the final score or something. But usually I wait until after the game or when I know the result. Tonight I put on the notes just getting prepped. I was like, okay, you know, Indiana 12-10, and and 3-8 in conference play. I had it all written down ahead of time. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try and do a little reverse jinx here. Let's put it on here so then I have to try it. Or so then I have to change it before the show. It worked. Man, proud of those guys. That was greatness.
2: That that was – it was – you know, I I do that as well every game. And then you get off to these good starts at Rutgers and – you know, uh, you're like, okay, we're, this is the game. This is the game in Michigan. <laughs> you didn't feel that way, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you said it well at halftime too. And I took, stopped taking notes the last six minutes of the half after Jawan got hurt and in the start of the second half, I was just kind of in a stunned. I can't believe it happened to our best player. Even, I mean, you we know. had 19 million injuries and now, now we're going to be 12 and 10. If we don't pull this one out, how are we going to do it? And they stuck in there and stuck in there and stuck in there. And, you know, it just, yeah, fantastic.
0: Also, we need Archie's wife tweeting more. I feel like she hasn't tweeted very much, but she was going nuts. Because uh, I feel like I've been following her for a while, and I haven't noticed all the tweets, but she was going nuts tonight. It was nice to see. Um, have the, Has there been any update about Juwan? I haven't. I wasn't watching uh, Twitter to see any, if anything came out of the post game press conference.
2: I, I haven't a, been. Have you seen anything? I haven't seen anything.
0: I haven't either. All right. I well, try
2: not to look at too many things, and then you have you ask me a question, and I'm a little older than you. I got to be focused.
0: Look at that, Al Durham. Al can't Durham multi- came on. Can't
2: multitask. Al Durham did a little video
0: chat with Andy Katz. We got to get to a point where after a big win, we can just have a player on the show. Just give him the Zoom link. Hop on the show.
2: That would be incredible.
0: That would be incredible, man. Well, I yeah, I don't see an update, so I guess. I don't know. Let's have to wait and see. Man, hopefully he's he's all right. I mean, for the obvious reasons of, like, we need him on the court, but beyond that, for him to have to deal with another
2: injury, another shoulder injury. Do you think when he came out and there was no ice on it and there was no wrap on it and he was not in sweats that he could have gone? I don't know. I mean,
0: they said there were reports that he was out for sure. So okay. I don't know.
2: No, I, I, I thought too, but I was shocked when he came back out in full uniform. Now that was just too. Been, hey, it's a close game. I want to get out there quickly and watch. But I thought he would have changed out of something and gotten in his sweats and, or at least had like a sling or something, or,
0: something or something to protect it. Yeah, a
2: sling or something on on him because ice on it to calm it down. Um, you know, I guess the best case scenario is if it popped out again. He played that whole year with it popped out. I know that can't, they brace it and, and can't.
0: Kent Davis said uh, he hasn't heard an update, but saw Juwan in the celebration after the win on Twitter. So I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, like I said, last year at the Michigan State game, I thought he was going to be out for a while, and he came back and delivered one of the best performances of his career against Maryland. So that guy is tough, man. It could
2: could be something, too, when you've had that injury before, and then it it gets the wrong way, and it's a stinger or something like that. I'm not a a doctor even close to it, but – they were very precautious because of his history of going in and checking it. And they didn't want to bring him back for the set. It's been too quick to try to make a diagnosis. And, yeah, and, and, um, they, they spent some time in there doing range of motion and all that kind of stuff. And, um, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see, but yeah, that that'll be tough to recover from. Um, and that, that's, that's the tough part too, is if he can't go, but maybe that opens up some things for Romeo and and some other players, and it's next man up, and you just you just gotta forge ahead.
0: Got to forge ahead. That's what they did tonight, Coach. Thanks for coming on last minute. I appreciate hey, you. No, I appreciate no problem, you being man. here. It because because Ryan would have had to leave early, so this would have been like the IU Kentucky game all over again. Where I'm just here celebrating by myself, solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you know. So, I,
2: I enjoy uh, being a part of this. I, I can't thank you enough for including me as often as you do. So if I'm available, uh, I have no problem jumping on.
0: Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Awesome to see so many people in the chat mob tonight. Thanks for coming out and celebrating with us. That's, uh, you know, that's the thing that makes these, ga- these kind of wins even more special is when we can share it with everybody. So, All right. Time to go edit this thing so all the podcast listeners can listen. And I probably won't be able to get to sleep until 2 o'clock in the morning take that long for the adrenaline to uh no kidding to rush out of my body
2: chat mob (laughs) sorry i only could do a couple things at a time at my age (laughs) but you guys are awesome my multitasking is very weak but i I was with you in spirit
0: yes uh all right everybody have a good night um we will talk to you again we'll talk to you again monday for banner monday see everybody
2: Pop some new cascade in your dishwasher with 50% more cleaning power. 50% more cleaning power, new cascade, does it matter? 50% more cleaning power, new cascade, does it clean up? Switch to new cascade platinum with 50% more cleaning power. No need to rinse your dishes and it's even strong enough for the quick wash cycle. New cascade platinum. Pop some new cascade in your dishwasher with 50% more, more cleaning power. Cleaning power.
0: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase
1: Player Fine.
2: Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at.